Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for this great day. We thank you for the, this Pentecost Sunday and what it represents, where you poured out your Holy Spirit upon the early church, Lord God. And now we have that same Holy Spirit living inside of us. The same Holy Spirit that you poured out that day on Pentecost is with us today. And Lord, we thank you for this privilege and opportunity. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. That you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. And that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. Lord God, that we would walk away changed because you've given us greater insight and revelation into this relationship that we have with you and that you would even speak into our lives personally. And so, Father, we pray this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Life Fellowship. Ah, it's so good to see you. I'd like to release the children and the student ministry at this time. And uh, just thank you so much for joining us today. I'm, I'm real excited about this message. We are in this series what in the world? What is going on? Oh, it's crazy. It's, it's really crazy. And we really need to be in prayer for this nation. And we need to be praying for our leaders. And we need to be praying for all those that are struggling right now. And you know all the things that are going on with all the rioting and the looting and this whole thing with, with George Floyd. Uh, gosh, you know, it's, 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 it's horrible what's going on. And uh, we just really need to be praying for this nation and the people of this country. So um, today's message is things to come part two. <laughs> and there's probably going to be a part three next week. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we really, my first point is we really need to know Jesus. We really need to have this relationship with him. We really need to be walking in the fullness of life that Jesus came to give. We really need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he's speaking and telling us and showing us today. So let's go to Matthew chapter 24 verses 23 through 25. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders as as so so as to deceive if possible even God's chosen ones verse 25 see i have warned you about this ahead of time and so jesus is giving them and he's giving us a warning and i think that we're going to see more of these things come in the in the days ahead um, in john 10 jesus is having a dialogue with the people and religious leaders in the temple. And let's look at what he says here in John chapter 10, verses 24 through 33, and then we're going to read beyond that. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Verse 25 says, Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof 
is the work I do in my Father's name. Verse 26. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. You don't believe me because we don't have a relationship. We need to to really take these kinds of scriptures seriously and say, wait a minute, how connected am I to Him? Am I hearing His small, still voice? Am, Am I listening? Am I taking time to listen? Do I recognize, can I differentiate His small voice from all the other voices around me? Verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So it's not just about hearing, right? But it's about listening. Have you ever had your spouse been talking and you're hearing, but you're not listening? <laughs> Look at me right now. <laughs> I, you know, because sometimes I'll do that. Or it could be someone else and you're just hearing, wah, 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 but you're really not listening. And, and sometimes I think we can do that with the Lord, where the Lord is wanting to speak to us either through His Word or maybe through the Holy Spirit, and we're really not listening. Or like I talked about last week, we, we can be filtering what He's saying to us through our woundedness or through our, uh, you know, our own desires or what we want to hear or, or what we want to do. And so we need to hear, but we also need to listen. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Verse 29, for my Father has given them to me and He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. And so what Jesus is saying is that He is equal with the Father. He is God Himself. And we know that He is God. He came down in the flesh. And the religious leaders that didn't believe that, they had an issue with that. And and so let's look at verse 31. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill Him. Jesus said, At my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone Me? He's saying, "Why why are you going to stone Me? Let's read on. They replied, We are stoning you, not for any good work, but for blasphemy. Blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. They missed it. They missed that He was the Messiah. They missed that He is God. And so they thought this was blasphemous, but it was the truth. It was reality and what He was trying to convey to them. Let's skip down to verse 37 in John chapter 10. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do His work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Verse uh, 38 continues. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And again, we really need to know Jesus, to know Him, because He... I'll talk a little bit more about this, but I think that this is a scripture that uh, I kind of hit on last week that emphasizes, remember when I talked about being deceived, that there are people that are going to be deceived? The Bible tells us there are people that are going to be deceived. And I think that this could be a scripture that the enemy will use. Let me, let's 
I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's, let's read on. Last week I touched on, on this briefly, and I said in, in Mark 13, 5-6, Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you. Now, when the, when the Lord tells us, Don't let anyone mislead you, why would He be telling us that unless there was reason to, right? So there's going to come a time, and I think maybe there has been times in the past, where people have been deceived and people have been misled. And so Jesus is saying, don't let anyone mislead you. He's giving us a warning. He's speaking to us. Uh, we need to be hearing the Holy Spirit. We need to know the, Lord, the Lord's voice. We need to know His heart. We need to know His desires and what he, He's calling us to and, and what He wants us to do. We need to be solid in our relationship with the Lord. And I think we're living in a day and time where we really need to be more serious about this, our relationship. And I'm not talking about from a religious uh, exercise or, or any of that. I'm talking about a genuine, true connectivity and relationship with the Lord. Mark 13, 6, For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. Um, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, I believe he will be very charismatic. I, will, I believe he will be very charming. I, will be, I believe he will be very popular. He will be able to attract men to himself, men and women, people to himself. I've known people like that that are very charismatic and they come across very godly. But I often wonder about their true intention because I see the fruit or the lack of fruit from their lives. And I've seen, um, you know, things that they've done that make me question if they're even saved. But yet they come across, you know, very appealing, very, you would think they're the most wonderful person you've ever met. They claim to be a Christian, but then again, their actions fail in supporting what the word says, you know the word. The word says that um, to turn away from those who have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Who have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So we need to have a sensitivity. We need to uh, be listening to the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. Not that we're judging other people, but we are, we are staying on the path and we are following what He is calling us to do because the Antichrist is going to come on the scene at some point in time and there's going to be a lot of people deceived. And I think if we don't have a great sensitivity and discernment, then we could be deceived as well. Let's look at the first half of verse 38 in John chapter 10. But if I do His work believe in the evidence of the miracle works I have done even if you don't believe me. Believe in the works even if you don't believe me. In Revelation, John is exiled to the island of Patmos and God gives him a vision of things to come. And uh, let me say this too, Satan cannot create anything. He is a created being. But he can take what is created and he can pervert or attempt to imitate the Lord or things that are good. And so we need to, to be mindful. In this vision that, that God gives to John, uh, the dragon represents Satan. And we'll read these scriptures here in a minute, but I want to give you a little insight. The dragon represents Satan. The beast from the sea 
represents the Antichrist who has great political and economic power and appears to be raised from the dead. And then there's a second beast um, from the earth. There's one from the sea, it says, and then there's one that comes out of the earth. And he represents the false prophet who has the ability to perform miracles which will deceive many. What's interesting here is that we find that we know the truth is there's the Trinity, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? And what we find here is that there's an unholy Trinity as well, where Satan is the unholy Father, and you have the Antichrist, and then you have the, the unholy Spirit, the false prophet. And so again, we have to realize that Satan can come in and through deceptive tactics can try to imitate what God is doing. And if we don't have this relationship with him, if we don't know the difference between holy and unholy, we could be very easily tricked because of the deceptive nature of the enemy. the, the first beast appears to be raised from the dead. Who's our Savior? Who do we know that was raised from the dead? Jesus. So we see an imitation of that, right? The, the second beast has the ability to perform miracles to deceive people. And so we have the Holy Spirit that performs miracles and leads us and guides us into all truth, right? When we pray for someone and they get healed, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. He is part of... God, right? And so the Holy Spirit is moving. And when we pray for someone and they get healed, I believe that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's a work of the Lord doing something. And so here we see a counterfeit that is coming, the the false prophet that is going to be able to do these miracles that are going to be deceiving to people. So let's look at Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 6. Then I saw, and this is the the dream that that, uh, John is having here. Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Okay, remember, I talked about the first beast comes out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. Verse 2. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion And the dragon, okay, who was the dragon? Satan. And the dragon gave the beast its own power and throne and great authority. So Satan is empowering the Antichrist. He's giving him power and great authority. Let's read on. Remember, the dragon is Satan, and he gives the Antichrist the political and economic power. Okay, verse 3. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at the miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. Do you see what's happening here? Okay, so the Antichrist appears to be fatally wounded, but yet is healed. And people are going to be looking at that and they're going to be saying, wow, how did that happen? Jesus was raised from the dead, and many people ignored that. Many people still ignore that. But in the coming days, I think there's going to be a lot of deception there. People are going to be deceived, thinking that this Antichrist may be the actual Christ. 
Yet here, the whole world marvels. And when we talk about Jesus and when we present the gospel of Jesus, you know, people will make all kinds of excuses. Well, he didn't really die. He was stolen out of the the grave. You know, they tried to come up with all these stories. Let's read on in verse uh, verse 4. They worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshiped the beast. Who is as great as the, as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Verse 5. Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Two weeks ago, I talked about be ready as part of the series. And I talked about the tribulation period that's coming, the seven-year period of tribulation. And that there's the, the pre-trib, you know, people think, some people think that the church is going to be raptured out of the earth before the tribulation happens. And as I explained uh, two weeks ago, rapture is not even a word in the Bible. It's a concept that people have come up with thinking that the church is going to be delivered from the tribulation. They're going to be raptured out of here. Uh, before it happens. And then you have the mid-tribulation people that believe tribulation will happen midway through the 42 months right here when uh, uh, the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God and he was given authority to, to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And some people believe that the church will be raptured halfway through at 42 months. And then some people believe that... Uh, They'll go through the entire tribulation before the Lord comes back. So just kind of some insight into what we've talked about the past few weeks. Um, okay, so let's look at Revelation verse uh, thirteen six. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. So the Antichrist is slandering God, and he's ruling the world with an iron fist. Let's skip down to Revelation 13, 11 through 18. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon, with the voice of a dragon. So the second beast is the false prophet, the counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. And he has authority and he, he speaks What's interesting here in the scripture, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. Who, who's the dragon? Who, who's represented by the, Satan? So he speaks with that same kind of voice. I don't think it's necessarily the sound. I think it's the power, the authority, the spirit behind that that is driving this unholy spirit to do these things. Um, verse 12. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, which who we, we know would be the Antichrist. And he required all the earth and its people to worship who? The first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. So, uh, you know, we're seeing this connection here. When we look at the authenticity of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we know that they work in tandem. They work together. The, The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. And so what we see here in this unholy trinity is, is a duplication or a replication, a counterfeit replication of the truth, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We have the unholy Father, if, if, if you want to look at it like that, the unholy Antichrist. We have the unholy Spirit. 
And they're working together. Again, a counterfeit. Listen, in John 10.10, we know this. Jesus said the thief is what? Come to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come that you would have abundant life. Jesus is telling us, He's saying, listen, don't allow yourself to be misled. Don't allow yourself to be tricked. Don't allow yourself to be duped. Know the authentic. Know the real thing. And here's the concern. There are people that are just going through life and they have no idea. Let's read on. We're going to leave off here. Verse 13. He did astounding miracles. We're talking about uh, the unholy spirit, the, the, uh, the false prophet. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky, the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of who? The first beast, the Antichrist. He deceived all the people who belong to this world. Remember last week I said, we're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven. And there are people that are not citizens of heaven because they have rejected Christ. They are the citizens of the world. And those are the ones that are going to be deceived. Listen, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, how are you going to hear His small, still voice speaking to you? How are you going to know what the truth is? If you don't know what the truth is, how are you going to know what the truth is? (laughs) He, He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded, and then had come back to life. We know in the Word, and we believe and watch for the the Lord to show us the things to come, and clearly, time after time, in place after place in the Bible, Jesus is saying, hey man, you need to take heed to the Word. You need to be looking at this thing from a spiritual standpoint. You need the Holy Spirit to be leading you and guiding you. And so the Holy Spirit gives us discernment. Have you ever, you know, been praying about something and, or a situation and, and you know the Holy Spirit's saying, don't go there, don't go there. And you can't think of any reason or there, it's not logical necessarily that you didn't take that job. But you know the Lord is saying, don't take that job. I know I've been there because I took that job. <laughs> and it was a job from hell. And I'm like, God, get me out of this job. Well, if I would have listened, what do they say? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? (laughs) So anyway, we need the Holy Spirit speaking to us. People of the world without this relationship with Jesus will be astounded. They're going to see these things. Here's here's an idol that can can talk. (laughs) They're going to be tricked. They're going to be deceived into worshiping the Antichrist, not knowing the real thing. Verse 15, He was then permitted to give life to the statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that everyone refusing to worship it must die. So what do we have now? We have this statue now. We have this huge statue that can talk. Either worship this false idol or die. Let's read on. (laughs) You guys are really quiet this morning. Verse 16, He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Next, 
Okay, now we have this statue, this idol that can speak. And now, now he's going to control the economy without the mark of the beast, without this mark on your hand or forehead. You won't be able to buy or sell. Let's read on. Verse 17, and so, and no one could buy or sell anything without the mark, without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the name, or the number, I'm sorry, the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here, period. The Holy Spirit leading us is needed here. We need to know wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from the Lord. Wisdom and intellect are different. There's, can some, somebody can be very intellectual. You can read a lot of books and you can get a lot of knowledge, but, but they may not be wise. They may be foolish. Wisdom comes from the Lord and the things of the Lord. So wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So we need wisdom here. Well, you know, I'm not going to be able to buy or sell unless I get this, this chip or this whatever this is. You know, people are talking about this chip that's inserted in your hand. Interesting, isn't it? That it's where? In the right hand. And the Bible is talking about things to come. It's going to come to pass sooner or later. You know, it's going to come to pass. So are we exercising wisdom? Are we reading the Word of God? Are we, are we just kind of falling asleep and going along with whatever uh, society does? And say, oh, well, you know, it's just a little chip. <laughs> well, you know, you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you get this chip. Okay. Let's go back to Mark chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. So again, we have this warning. And the real concern, I think, is the gross deception that is going to come. Because like I talked about a few weeks ago, you know, you, you put a frog in a pot of water and you gradually turn up the heat. And next thing you know, that, that water is boiling. And sometimes I think that the church has been like that, where we're just kind of going through the motions. But wait a minute. What, what, are we, what are we doing? Are we following after the Holy Spirit? And especially now, as, as I believe things are ramping up, we need to be more sensitive even now. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 13-15. And Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians about false apostles. He says, these people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. They, despise, they, they disguise themselves. Okay, They look good on the outside. Remember the scripture that I quoted a while ago? They have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And I think that was what Jesus was seeing in the Pharisees too. They had this form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. They rejected Christ. They didn't know the Messiah. Here were the religious leaders and the Messiah comes and they don't even recognize Him. Or they choose to not accept Him, whatever the case may be, some of them. Uh, let's read on in verse 14. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Verse 15. So it is no wonder that his servants also 
Satan's servants, also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get their punishment for their wicked deeds. Uh, they They will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So, you know, we have this picture of Satan running around in a red suit with a, a tail and a pitchfork. Or we have this maybe uh, grotesque uh, vision in our mind of a, a demon and, you know, just something grotesque. Satan's not going to come across like that. How is that going to attract anyone to him if he's looking off? You know, he's not going to come across like that. He's going to come across as an angel of light living in righteousness. How else is he going to trick people? I mean, would you be attracted to some horrific-looking thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. So he's not going to come across like that. He is a master deceiver. He is, the Word says he is the father of lies. He is a liar. Again, John 10.10, 10, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them, us, a rich and satisfying life. Think about in the physical how... Someone will tempt someone to use crack, cocaine, or heroin, or something like that. I'll try this. Oh, yeah. You'll feel really good. Try this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah, do it again. Now that you're addicted, uh, you're going to have to do something for me now. You need to go out and turn some tricks. You need to prostitute your life. You know, it's a trick of the enemy to get us to take the bait and then we end up going end up being dragged someplace that we we don't want to go to Jesus calls the religious leaders he called some of them devils he said uh, Jesus called many of the religious leaders children of the devil who is a liar and the father of lies again satan is a master deceiver he's slick And one of the things he uses is pride to trick people, trap people. But he has a number of different things that he can do because he knows how to get to us. Listen, Satan knows the Word of God. He knows the Bible. Probably better than a lot of Christians. Because when he was tempting Jesus, what did he do? He tried to tempt Jesus, and Jesus always countered with the Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth of the mouth of God. And so Jesus knows the word better than Satan because Jesus, what is the word, right? Okay, so Satan is a master manipulator. And I believe that the Antichrist will take some of the words of Christ and twist them to make them fit the situation. Um. Let's go back to John chapter 10, 38, and let's look at the first half of what, what he, Jesus said here. But if I do his work, Jesus is saying, if I do whose work? The work of the Father, okay? If I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miracle works I have done, even if you don't believe me. And so I believe that Satan, or the Antichrist, will take these same words, possibly, you know, I mean, this is an example, I think, of what could happen where uh, the false prophet or the, the Antichrist could say, look, even Jesus said this. If, if, if you're a Christian, you, you say that you believe the words of Jesus, right? And what did Jesus say? He said, even if you don't believe in me, believe in the works that I've done. 
Isn't that, isn't that what Jesus said? Well, look, um, I brought the beast back to life. You've seen miracles displayed from the sky. I called down fire from, from the sky. D- didn't I do that? Who could do that but God? You've seen other miracles. I gave this, this statue the ability to talk. Can you do that? Who but God could do that? I mean, even Jesus said, believe in the miracles. So, you should believe in me as God. I believe that this could be one of the ways that the enemy can begin to trick Christians. And listen, if if we're not solid in the Word, if we don't know the truth of the Word and the fullness of the Word, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we could potentially be talked into something like this. Let's look at verse 38. But if I do His work, believe in the evidence of the miracle, miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe Me. But the difference is Jesus was doing the work of the Father. Okay? He's saying, I'm doing the work of the Father. And look at the outcome of the fruit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Jesus, again in John 10.10, he, he came what? To bring what? Abundant life. To set the captives free. To release us from bondage. To have us walk in the fullness of life that, that he came and died on the cross for. For eternal life. Versus the enemy. What does the enemy come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Insert and, and have us... Uh, be greedy, have us live a life of selfishness, eternal damnation and death. We really need to know Jesus. We really need to have this relationship with Him. And uh, I just wanted to remind us of of a word that the Lord gave me in uh, May the 13th of this this month, this year. The The world as we know it will soon come to an end. Again, I I don't know. I'm praying. I hope you're praying too and saying, Lord, what does this mean? What does this mean for me personally? What does this mean for Life Fellowship the Church? What does this mean for the country, the world, the body of Christ? What does this really mean? The world as we know it will soon come to an end. And we should be concerned that the enemy... Is, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But also that there's going to come a time when we as Christians, our children, our grandchildren, they're going to need to know the Lord. They're going to need to have a relationship with Him. Because what if we're not here to guide them and tell them, oh, look, that's a trick. That's a trick. Don't take the bait. So that's why it's so important that we invest in our children. That's, so, that's why it's so important that we speak the truth and reach out and minister to people. Do we really love people? Do we love the people that we work with? There's always that one, okay, you know. But, uh, but we need to love them too. Um, but if we really have the heart of God, if we really have a relationship with Him, we're going to love the things that He loves.
We're going to hate the things that He hates. And we're going to live this life that Christ came to give us. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and God is speaking to your heart. And maybe today you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. If that's you, if you'd slip up your hand, I want to pray with you. Anybody here? Maybe you're watching online and, and this message has really touched your heart. And if that's the case, I'd like to pray this prayer with you. Just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and my life. I ask your forgiveness for all my sins. And I ask that you would restore me, that you would heal me, that you would save me, that you would forgive all my sins, and I receive your forgiveness today. And I thank you for this new life. I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this fresh start today. Now, Lord, I pray one more prayer for those that prayed that prayer. I pray that the presence and the power, the love, and uh, just your presence would overflow in their lives, Lord God. And that as they read the word, it would come to life. As they pray, that they would hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. And that you would uh, just strengthen and encourage them in Jesus' name. Let's take a couple of minutes and let's just ask the Lord if there's something else that He would like to say to us this morning. Kind of a heavy message, huh? God has placed us here to make a difference in the world around us. God is wanting to pour into our lives, enrich our lives, fill our lives, and then work through our lives. I, I so love you guys. So appreciate you. So thankful for every one of you. And uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord does in the coming days. And I think it's this connection that we have with the Lord, and it's this connection that we have with one another that's, that is really going to be powerful where we see God moving in greater measure. You know, I've, 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 I'm wanting to see the day when Jesus said that 
the things that I've done, you will be able to do. Where we're praying for people, you know, we're seeing people, we're praying for people and people are getting healed and getting over things. But I want to see more. I want to see everything. I want to see us to be able to pray over those that are dead and see them raised to life. You know, I want to see us walk in the fullness that Jesus came to give us. So if you'll stand and let's recite this blessing. If you'll join me, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. And I want to challenge you as always, make a difference in the world. Go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.